we started talking about what faith is. And so I'm going to give you a quick, a quick recap uh, from last week, so that way if you missed it, you can still be caught up just a little bit and know what we talked about. We started by uh, Romans 1.17. Put that up on the screen. Romans 1.17, and the Bible says this, that the good news tells us how God makes us right in His sight. And then He says this is accomplished from start to finish by what? Faith. It's from start to finish by Faith, and the scriptures say it's through faith that a righteous person has his life. So we find our life and we please God through our, our faith in God. And so a quick recap, the good news, which we know is the gospel, the good news is that God makes us right in his sight. God wants us right in his sight. But how that happens, how it starts and how it ends, it only comes through one way and one way only, that is faith. Faith is everything. Faith is the channel. Faith is the avenue. Faith is the path to get to God. And so God lays that out for us. He says, if you're a believer and you're going to follow me, how you're going to please me, how you're going to live for me, how you're going to be made righteous in my eyes, it's not going to happen through your good works. It's not going to happen because you're an awesome person. It's not going to happen because you've got 500 followers on Instagram. It's going to happen because you have faith in me and you know how to make that faith Please me, Hebrews eleven six. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. For anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists, or that He is, and that He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. And so we said last week, you got to remember that God wants to reward you. He wants you to be rewarded. But what He rewards, it's not just people who come to church once a week. It's those who diligently, absolutely seek Him with all their heart. Those are the ones who receive the reward from God. Those who earnestly seek Him. And when you do really seek God, there's a reward for that. There's a blessing for that. His peace, His, His promises come through for you. And so this is why the Bible says it's important. That's why He says the just, those who are mine, those who are believers, you're going to live by faith. If you want that reward, it comes by faith. And so make sure you're not just coming to church to come to church. What's the point of coming here and not receiving anything? I, if I'm going to put some earnest, like he says, if I'm going to put some work into this and I'm going to really seek after God, I want the reward too. I want that reward. And he says, if you're going to do this, put some faith to it. So it makes sense, we said last week, that if you're made right from start to finish by faith, if you please him, and the only way to please him is by faith, then faith is so necessary. It's absolutely necessary for us to have an understanding and so we need to live by faith. The beautiful thing about God is that he doesn't say, hey, listen, I'm going to expect you to do something, and I'm not going to show you how to do it. I'm going to tell you I'm going to need you to live by faith, and I'm going to need you to follow me, but here's, you know, you're on your own now. You're going to have to figure all this out on your own. No, he gives us his word, and he says, I'm going to now show you how you can please me because I'm, I'm for you. I want to see you win. I want to see you get this reward. I love you that much. And so he gives us instructions and he gives us his guide and he gives us the Holy Spirit to help us along the way. And so he does everything we need. Everything we would need is found in and through this word so that we can live by faith in a way that pleases him, in a way that receives that reward. And so he says, I want to make sure that it's all there for you, but the 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 Part that falls on us is you got something that you've got to do in this. Remember, I say this often here, God will do his part, but what do we have to do? Our part. God will do his part, but we've got to do our part. And so, so he lays out his part and tells us to do our part. And so we learned what faith, faith is, uh, I've got faith is not because I didn't want to write that down. But we also learned this, that faith is, it is seeing 
from God's perspective. Seeing from God's perspective. This is very important to understand. Seeing from God's perspective. Um, seeing from God's point of view. We talked about first what faith is not, because I don't know if you learn the way I learn. It helps me to know what something is not. Oftentimes, that'll tell me what something is. And so we decided, let's go over a few things, what, th- what faith is not. And faith is not, and we made a list of things, and I'll go through this list real quick so we can just go on to the next part. Faith is not desire. Remember that. Faith is not desire. Now, desire can lead to faith, but faith is not desire. Faith is not wishing. That's an H. Faith is not wishing. Can y'all, y'all can't see over there. Well, you need to sit over here next time. Oh, they got on the screen? All right, you're good. I told you, Wednesday night, laid back. Faith is not wishing. You, you know, you don't rub the magic genie, which looks like a Bible, and, and then, you know, God pops out, and he's like, what would you like? Pizza? I don't know. That's not how this works. Um, faith is not pretending. And this is a big one. Faith doesn't pretend that something is when it is not. So I can't, I can't put in front of you, I can't put in front of you an apple and say, I'm going to have faith that this apple is going to turn into a big pizza. No, pizza is clearly on my mind right now. It's the second time I've mentioned that. It's okay. I've all, all I've had is coffee for dinner, so pizza's probably following the service. I can't pretend to make something happen. That's not how faith works. That's, that's not how God honors faith, and so you've got to remember that. Um, this is another one. Faith is not Faith is not a, and I'm going through these quick because we already taught this last week. The message is for free online. Faith is not a feeling. Faith is not a feeling. A lot of people feel like they can just, you know, muster it up. And that's, you know, I can hype myself up into faith and I can get all jacked up and psyched up. over. No, that's not faith. That's emotion. And to be honest with you, feelings and emotion will often lead you away from faith because if you do what you feel all the time, ah, how many of you have feelings lie to you on a regular basis? Good days, bad days, feelings lie, emotions lie. That's why we walk by faith, not by sight. You don't walk by what you see. Your eyes, you walk through God's perspective, how God views things. Remember, that's what we're learning here. Um, faith is also not this. I'm going to start another, another column here. Faith is also not bargaining. Yeah, that says bargaining. Faith is not bargaining. So that is not something that God honors. Hey, God, if you'll do this, if you'll, God, if you'll pay this bill, if you'll heal me, if you'll give me this job, then I'll do this. No, God doesn't gamble. That's not how God works. Also, if you had already, you, if you're going to promise God that you'll do it after the fact, you should probably already be doing it. But that's another message, not for tonight. So faith is not bargaining. And then, of course, this cycle repeats itself often, over and over and over again until you take the big capital L. That means a loss. That means until you struggle. You don't get your prayers answered. You don't please God. You live struggling. You live defeated. You don't get what God wants. You don't receive that reward because you think that you can do these things and get from God what he said. Oh, this, is, this is not how it works. You don't receive from seeing through your own eyes. You only see from seeing, you only see, receive, excuse me, from receiving through God's perspective. And so remember, you're either moving towards God's promises, you are either moving towards what God has spoken, what He's declared in His Word, trusting Him, um, experiencing real freedom, real breakthrough, or you're playing it safe. And, you're, and if you're playing it safe, it's, it's likely that you've gotten stuck in a one of these kind of patterns, one of these cycles, if you find yourself stuck and you don't feel like yourself is moving forward or you're growing spiritually, uh, chances are that you're in, you're in one of these cycles. And we went over that in depth last week. And so we talked about, of course, from 
Numbers chapter 13 and 14, we use that as a guide to show us what fear is. Um, so we use this illustration. I told the story, and I'll tell it real briefly, real quick. When I was, let's see, how old was I? Seventh grade, eighth grade, when I got glasses for the first time. My parents are here tonight, so they'll remember this story probably even better than I do. So my first, I couldn't see. Dad started questioning my sight whenever I started striking out at baseball. And I, I used to be a good baseball player, and I, I couldn't, couldn't hit squat. And he was like, what is wrong? And so finally we went to my Uncle Al. He was an optometrist. We went and he gave me an eye exam and found out that I couldn't see pretty much past the, the reach of my arm. So Dad was like, well, no wonder you struck out. You couldn't see past the end of your bat. Well, you couldn't see that curveball, could you, boy? Nope. Well, the first time I put on glasses, I, we get in the car, and I look around, and I was like, oh, my gosh, I see trees, I see birds. And my mom starts crying. She's like, ah, our son couldn't see. It was true. It's all true. So sad. My grades, you know, my grades started coming up. I could hit a baseball again. Life was good. And I said, Rem I, the, the illustration last week was, imagine you had to wear one of two pairs of glasses for the rest of your life. And each pair of glasses would change your perspective on how you saw this life. The first pair of glasses, you would see through per the perspective of fear. It would be through a perspective of fear. The second pair of glasses would see through the perspective of faith. And so we went over what fear looks like as, and contrasted that with faith that we're going to teach tonight. And so last week we used Numbers 13 and 14 as a guide to show us. And again, I'm just going to recap briefly. I'm not going to go through this. If you want to listen back to the message, it's for free. You can listen online. Um, fear does a number of things, and we listed just a few of them found in that passage of Scripture. Fear exaggerates problems. It magnifies the problem, makes the problem seem like it's bigger than God, makes it seem like it's worse than what God can do. And fear, um, fear also underestimates your ability in Christ. It, it gets you into a comparison trap where you don't think you can go it. You, you don't think you can do it. You don't think you can overcome it. And then you're afraid to take that risk. Again, seeing through the lens of fear as opposed to the lens of faith. Fear also does this. It keeps you frozen. keeps you discouraged. It discourages you. There's a lot of believers who live discouraged. That is the enemy. That is seeing through fear, not seeing through faith. They live discouraged, afraid to try because they don't think they can do it. They don't think they can live up to it. Uh, once they live discouraged, fear always triggers complaining, a cycle of complaining. God doesn't listen to complaints. God listens to prayer. God responds to faith. And when people complain, typically they're not complaining to God, they're complaining to people. And they're causing other problems. And that gets, that's, again, that's another message. Fear also leads you to ultimately blaming God. And in Numbers 13, we, in 14, we determined this, that fear was the reason why an entire generation, an entire nation of people were kept out of a, ma a massive promise that God had given them because 10 people were negative. 10 people saw through fear. Just 10 people. And um, they kept them out of God's promise, and that's, that's, how, that's how this works. And so this cycle repeats again until you end up with that capital L and you take that loss. But this is, this is where God wants to switch gears and he wants us to start seeing through faith. And so tonight we're going to emphasize mostly on faith. Now, I don't teach long on Wednesday nights. I kind of blow through this um, and just kind of nitpick on certain parts as I feel the Holy Spirit lead. And so that's why I don't give you all handouts because I just kind of wing it a little bit. And so we're going to get this faith moving forward tonight. And I want to show you what the Bible says, what happens when we start seeing through the perspective or through the lens of faith, through the eyes of faith and through the word of God, learning to dream, uh, learning to see, learning to trust God, learning to, you know, really go after that vision that God's placed in our hearts, learning to take the, God's word and live it. 
and see what a difference it makes in our life. And so I'm going to give you just five things. I could give you 25, I could give you 70,000, but I'm going to give you five tonight because it's a Wednesday and it's 7.30. Five good for you? Amen. Let's go. Number one is this. Contrasting last week where fear exaggerates the problem, guess what faith does? It shrinks it. Faith has a way of shrinking the problems. It has a way of minimizing the problems, not minimizing the impact of what, you know, the enemy could do, but no, it shrinks the problems. So whenever I begin to see through God's perspective and I begin to see uh, who God is and I begin to look at things again through God's perspective, God's viewpoint, it shrinks the problems. And when it shrinks the problems, what happens is this. You start to understand, if I have the greater one on the inside of me, it allows me to manage this a little better. It allows me to manage my life a little bit more effectively. And you begin to understand that. Everybody say this with me. Say, small God, big problems. Small God, big problems. Big God, smaller problems. Do you get that? Big God, smaller problems. The bigger you make God, the bigger you trust God, the more you emphasize this word, the smaller the problem will become because you'll understand my God is greater. And I'm not trying to diminish or minimize anything that you're going through or dealing with. I'm just telling you, no matter what it is, God is greater. Big God, small problems. And this is, this is important. So whenever you come to God and you're praying and you're getting in his word and you're saying, all right, Lord, I trust you. I believe in my heart that you are bigger, that you can handle this problem. So here's what you say. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to do my part. I'm going to speak the word. I'm going to pray. I'm going to trust you, but I'm going to give this problem to you. Now I'm going to ask you all a question real quick. How many of you have ever struggled with after praying a prayer like that and saying, God, I trust you to handle this. How many of you have struggled with the thought, the thought process or the thought pattern of, but how's he going to do it? How's he going to do that? That's me. That's a lot of us in here, but how's he going to do this? And then you can't get your mind off of thinking, how is God going to come through? How is he going to do this? How is this going to work itself out? Listen to me. Here's what faith does. Faith says this. Once I've turned it over to God, it's not my problem anymore. It's God's. Let God be God. I don't want to stress out. I don't want to wig out. I don't want to lose it. You know, my mind going crazy, stressing over how it's going to happen. No, that's now on God. Our part is to let it go and let him be God. That's how this faith operates. It's God's problem now. He loves me. He's a, he's, listen, his word is true. I'm going to trust him. It shrinks the problem. Got some scripture for you. Genesis 18. Verse 14, you've read this before. Is anything too hard for the Lord? Is anything too hard for the Lord? What's the answer to that? No. Is anything too hard for the Lord? Luke chapter 1, verse 37, write that down. Jesus says this, for nothing is impossible with God. Nothing is impossible with God. So if you're going to live by faith, if you're going to see things from God's perspective, from God's viewpoint, there are going to have to be a few words that you eliminate from your vocabulary. One of those words that you need to eliminate right away is the word impossible. And I mean that. You've got to trust God with everything in you. And you've got to say, God, if you said it's impossible, then it's impossible. But if you said all things are possible, then I'm removing the impossibility out. I'm taking that word out of my vocabulary and I'm going to absolutely trust you because I do not want to stay in this fear. I want to break out. 
So I'm just going to open my heart up and believe that you can come through and let you shrink the problems. Let you be God. I'm going to exalt you. I'm going to magnify you. I'm going to praise you. I'm going to lift you up. I'm going to do these things because the more I do these, the greater you become in my life. And if, if you magnify God, if you lift him up, if you speak that word, you'll see your problems start to get smaller and smaller and smaller and your God bigger and bigger and bigger. Number one, it shrinks my problems. Number two, I like number two. Uh, faith opens doors for miracles to happen. How many of you have heard this phrase, faith can move mountains? Of course you've heard this. If you've been in this church, you've definitely heard it. So you study the Bible, you study biblical history, you find that every time God moves on earth, every time he does something or a miracle, it's because somebody believed. It didn't happen by accident. It didn't happen for happenstance. It happened because somebody believed in God. Somebody believed. There, was, there had to be a person who had to believe in him. There had to be a person who had to trust in him. There had to be a person who, who, who went after him. Remember, he rewards those who diligently seek him. There had to be somebody who was seeking him. And every time they did that, you saw a miracle take place. It's because somebody believed. Faith opens doors to miracles, miracles that don't make sense. So, so Mark eleven twenty two through 24, you've heard that passage of Scripture. I'm going to just briefly read through it. Jesus said this, have faith in God, and if you have faith in God and you don't doubt, you can tell a mountain to get up and get, jump into the sea, and it will. Whatever you ask for in prayer will be yours if only you have faith. What's he talking about? Telling a mountain to jump into the sea. Is he talking about a physical mountain? Possibly. I know this, God has set this universe up with laws. He's the creator. And when you're the creator, you're the one who determines the laws. You're the one who determines the rules. And so God set this universe up with laws. And he's actually set it up to that the law of faith is actually higher than any of the laws of nature. That's how he's established this. The law of faith is greater than the law of nature because when the law of faith is used, listen, the, that, that law of faith goes into practice. It starts to initiate, and that miracle-working power of God, it, listen, he set it up to the where, where the law of faith can actually do more than the law of physics can. And this is what Jesus was getting at. He was like, you need to understand what a great force faith is in this world you got to understand that even though you see something in front of you that looks immovable, even though you see something in front of you that looks like it's, there's no way, even with a shovel, you're not moving that sucker. He's saying you've got to understand that faith is such a powerful force in this world. If you'll trust God and not doubt, even physics has to obey to God Almighty. If God spoke this world into existence with his word, then you can move a mountain with that same word. But you've got to believe and not doubt. And this is what Jesus was teaching us here. Does God still perform miracles today? Somebody help me out. Yeah, he does. Of course he does. Absolutely he does. And so every time you stretch your faith, he works a miracle. Every time you stretch even a little, he works a miracle. Which leads me to the question... What is the mountain that you are facing? Everybody's got a mountain. Everybody does. And that's, that's why he used the word mountain, because when you see a mountain, what do you think of? You think of something massive. You think of something that you can't move. I got to go over it. I got to go around it. This is, this is immovable. This is too difficult for me. And that's what he wanted you to understand. Yeah, on your own, it's too difficult. But for me, remember Luke, nothing is 
impossible. You remove that word impossible out of your your vocabulary and you see through God's perspective, all of a sudden those mountains, they get smaller and smaller and smaller, opening the door for miracles to take place. But you've got to be able to identify your mountains. You've got to know what that thing is in your life that you don't think can move. And maybe some of you have thought it's not moved. It's been there for years. It may never move. I'm not real sure. Whatever that mountain is, it, I will say you this. I know people that have said it's never going to change. And it's almost like self-prophecy. It's like this self-prophesying where they're just declaring that something can never change in their life because it's always been, it always will be. And, and they've already decided, and it's such a self-defeating way to live. And this is where Jesus comes in and he says, listen, you can't have something in your heart in order for this to work. What did he say is that element that you can't have in order for this to work? Doubt. He's saying, don't defeat yourself. Trust me. Trust me. Believe in me. Eliminate that doubt. He's saying, if you'll do this, and besides that, how do you know God doesn't want to move that mountain? How do you know? Are you God? I know I'm not. I'm going to trust God. I'm going to believe him. And so God says, listen, if you'll trust me, I will open up opportunities, that door for miracles to take place in your life. God is in, he has been, he always will be in the mountain moving business. This is what he does. Your part is trust him. Your part is believe him. Your part is don't doubt. That's our part. We do our part. That allows God to do his part. Now I want to spend a little extra time on this. Matthew 13. Jesus said this, put that scripture on 1358. Jesus, Jesus did not do many miracles there. And this is what the Bible's talking about. He's talking about in this town because of why? A lack of faith. I guess I didn't give him that scripture. Matthew 13, 58. I may have added that later. My bad. Their lack of faith. So in Matthew 13, 58, it says Jesus could not do any miracles in this particular town. And the reason why wasn't because Jesus didn't have miracle working power. It wasn't because God stopped being God. It wasn't because the enemy was so strong that God couldn't overcome, that Jesus could No, it's because there was a complete lack of faith. In other words, people were seeing through fear. People were seeing through doubt. They could not see from God's perspective. They could not believe. And their lack of faith, it eliminated the opportunity for miracles. And so, and that leads me to this question. If you aren't seeing many miracles in your life right now, what does that say? It might be an indicator that you have more of your perspective seeing through fear than you do seeing through faith. Because I'm telling you right now, if you'll see through faith, if you'll trust God, you'll see miracles every day of your life. Every single day of your life, some form, some way, you'll see God moving, God working, God changing, God challenging, God speaking, God doing what God does, working on your heart. You'll see miracles. You'll feel, you'll experience those miracles because, again, faith opens the opportunity. It opens the door for miracles, and so you got to make sure you're seeing through faith. So it, it shrinks your problems. It opens the door to miracles. Now, I want to, I, again, I want to take a little more time for this because this just hit me. So... Jesus said to do a specific thing to these mountains. What did he say? Speak to. Speak to your mountain. Did he say speak about the mountain? No. He said speak to. Now let me, let me help illustrate this for a second. Imagine that this, pla- this podium right here is your mountain. A lot of us, a lot of us, believe that we're in faith when in fact we're in fear. And here's how we know. 
you are trying to talk about the mountain with your back turned to it because you're afraid to confront what the reality or the severity of what that mountain represents. It is. And so if you are talking about the mountain, you're in a form of faith, but you're still not speaking to. Jesus said, you use your voice to speak to your mountain. Right? Not use your voice to speak about the mountain with your back turned afraid to confront it. No, turn and face the mountain. Look at it. Declare that I see you, mountain. I know what you are. I know that you're big. I know that you're scary. I know that on my own, I can't move you, but my God is bigger and I trust him. So mountain, move. Get out of the way. Get thrown into the sea. You've got to use your voice to use to move your mountain. This is important. Jesus said, if you want to see things shaking and moving in your life, then you activate it with your voice. Don't, don't speak your words, speak God's words. But your mountain demands, it requires your voice. Stop pretending. Remember, faith is not pretending. Stop pretending it's not there because you turned your back to it. It's like whenever you were a kid or whenever your parent and your kids are little and you could play that game where you just cover their eyes and they think that you disappeared. That's how a lot, of us, we, a lot of us treat the mountains in our life. We think if I'll ignore it and pretend that it's not there, then it'll just go away on its own. And it doesn't. Don't be afraid to confront. This is illustrated all throughout Scripture. There were oftentimes after Jesus healed somebody, he told him, go show yourself to somebody. Go do it. Pick up your mat and walk, he said. Stretch out, do things he said that you couldn't do before. Confront it. This, this is important. This is, a big, this is an important part of it. Speak to it. Tell it where to go. But when you do, the Bible says that it opens the door for miracles. Number three, third thing, faith moves God. Now follow me. Faith moves God to act on my behalf. It moves God to act on my behalf. And I'm, I'm, going, I'm going to get clear on this one because I don't want you to get me wrong on this. When I say this, that faith moves God to act on my behalf, I'm not saying that God is... God is your ATM and God is your magic genie and you can get whatever you want from God whenever you want it from him. Faith is not about granting you wishes. Remember, faith is not wishing. It's not that. And so you can't treat God like he's going to give you whatever you want. You know, like, uh, you know, God, I had the right formula of scripture and I prayed right and I was listening to worship and I felt it. It was awesome. And so jackpot, where's my money? No, that's not how God works. But a lot of us feel like that's, how, that's what we can do with God. We can get whatever we want from God whenever we want it, and that's, that's not faith. And so this is not what I'm talking about here, okay? What was it, what was it you can ha have it your way? Was that Burger King? God is not Burger King. I'd like to think that God would eat Burger King with me, but he's not Burger King. You can't have it your way. You've got to go through his ways, through his word. Now watch this, Matthew 29, because I do, Matthew 9, 29, I do want to show you this. Did I give you all that scripture? Hey, I was on that one. Jesus said this, not your crazy uncle. Jesus said this, so pay attention. He said, according to your faith, when he touched their eyes, according to your faith, let it be done to you. So what God does say, and this is where this does kick in and where this does apply. God does say you. Who, me? Yeah, you. According to whose faith? Your faith. My faith. According to your faith. In other words, what he's telling us is this. You and I, we get to choose how blessed we want to be in the kingdom of God. This is where he's getting to. 
You and I get to choose just how blessed we get to live in the kingdom of God. According to your faith, it'll be done to you. So listen, God doesn't bless us because we deserve it. We don't. We don't deserve it. If, if he only blessed us based on our, our merit, we would never get blessed because there's good days, bad days, and it's, it's, the bad days are usually really bad. We're naughty. He doesn't bless us because we're smarter than everybody else. We're not. There's always somebody smarter. It's not, what he, it's not why he blesses. You don't get blessed by God for any human reason, for any human thing. That's not how he operates. God works in your life, through your life, because you humble yourself. You follow Jesus. You release your faith. And listen, and you, through releasing your faith, set expectation for God to honor his word. That expectation is so, so incredible. That expectation is what opens this up. I expect God to use me. I expect God to bless me. I expect God to provide for me. I expect God to do these things. God only does what you expect him to do. This is how this works. This is what Jesus is saying. According to your faith, what you expect. If you only expect the heal, for me to heal you halfway, you'll get half a healing. If you only expect me to provide half, then you'll get half. But if you expect me to be God and be big and come through for you, the more you expect from me, the more it allows me to come through for you. According to your faith, be it unto you. And that's what he means here. He says, it'll be done for you. So if you expect God to do a little in your life, what are you going to get from God? A little. If you expect nothing from God in your life, what are you going to get from God? Nothing. But if you expect greatness, great things from God in your life, what does that allow God to do in your life? Great things. Is this making sense? Is this computing? I hope so. This is what God does. That's one of the reasons why you are pushed so much in this church. That's why we teach faith in this church. That's why he's preached faith for over 35 years or 40 years, in, uh, 35 years in this church and 40 plus years in his own ministry. We push you. We push you a bit in this church. We challenge you. It's because, listen, summer's coming and I, and I don't want y'all being happy with just swimming in the kiddie pool all the time. There's a great big deep end, and I want you experiencing what life is like to jump off that diving board and get, get in that deep end and swim. It's exhilarating. All right, the kiddie pool's fun for a while, but some of y'all look stupid in the kiddie pool now. It's gross. It's weird. Get out of the kiddie pool. Experience some of this great faith that God wants you to do. Oh, I'm getting a little weird now, but put on the big boy swimsuit. I can make it weirder, see? Get in that deep end. In other words, challenge yourself. Challenge yourself to grow and stretch in your faith. Let us challenge you. Remember that first series that I taught in January. Beep, beep. I'm here to push you, to get you going, to get you moving. I don't want your faith parked. I want that faith in drive. I want you going. I want you moving forward. I want you trusting God. It's important. The Bible says, according to your faith, it'll be done for you. And any parent knows this. Any mom and dad knows this. Any grandparent knows this. We love to bless our kids. Uh, grandparents love to bless their grandkids. And when that does, it brings us joy. It brings us pleasure. It makes us happy. And listen, when God sees you living by faith and trusting him, big expectation, God looks at you and he goes, God, that's my girl. I'm proud of her. That's my boy. I'm proud of him. As a heavenly father, he's beaming. He's glowing. He's proud. He's excited. And it, it, it brings him joy to see that. According to your faith, it'll be done to you. And so for a lot of us, the problem is we think the wrong thing is what moves God. God's not moved by my complaints. 
God is not moved. He's never moved by my griping. He's never moved by uh, my, my grumbling. He's never moved by me whining about it. He's not moved by me getting on Facebook and ranting about it. That is not what moves God. I'm pretty sure God deleted Facebook. I'm pretty sure. It's pretty terrible. Maybe not. I don't know. I can't speak for him. It's not in the Word. Don't look it up. But this is, this is where we get back to saying, all right, God, he is moved when I say, God, I have found in your word, I trust in your word that what you've said for me is true. And because of it, now I'm expecting you to honor your word. And I'm not just expecting a little. I'm definitely not expecting nothing. I'm expecting great things. So God, move in a great way in and through my life. That's number four. It brings me to the fourth benefit of faith. Number four is this, faith is the key that unlocks the promises of God. And we have talked about these promises for, 20, for 35 years in this church. You know that there are over 7,000 promises, over 7,000 promises in this book from God for you. 7,000 of them. You could probably list 10 right now. 7,000 of them. <laughs> The key to unlocking, it's like, it's like a blank check. And God's saying, here's all these promises. I'm giving them to you, but you got you to accept it. you got to do something that's right here for you. All you got to do is receive it. And, and it's like he's saying, just be a person of faith. Be a man of faith. And, and if you're going to live and trust God by faith, you've got to be a person who trusts his promises, who knows what these promises are. It's very, very important. What does God say about all these 7,000 plus promises? 2 Corinthians 1.20, for no matter how many promises God has made, the Bible says that they are what? Yes. And what? Amen. Yes, these promises are for you. They're for you. So when you read about a promise that God made to David, if it's a promise God made to King David in the Old Testament, Jesus comes through and shows, reveals this revelation to Paul and says, Paul, guess what? If you read that, if you read about that promise in the word and I made that promise to someone else, that promise for you is also yes and amen. So be it. I want you to see these promises. I want you to know these promises. I want you to understand that these are for you. And so faith is what unlocks these promises, it allows God to operate through your life with these promises. And I wanted to illustrate it this way, and I thought of this. So imagine you're going through an old, had it, an old attic in a house where a lot of people were, were killed. Not a lot of people, where somebody died. Okay, a lot of people, that had been like a mass murder, and that had been a terrible story. Let's start this one over. Imagine you're going through an old attic, and that's it. And in this old attic that somebody left you, they said, hey, listen, anything you find in this attic is yours. You can have it. You're like, awesome, cool. And so you're digging through this old chest and you find this letter and in this, le in this, in this chest and you open this letter up and you, when you read this letter, it says, whoever finds this letter is, is a rightful heir to a million dollars. How many of you would be all fired up if you found that letter? Now, everybody in here would be like, yeah, it'd be awesome. Which house is this? It's, I made it up. Sorry. But guess what is necessary for you to actually receive that money? You've got to know the author of that letter. Right? Otherwise, you've got a promise. You've got a promise that you can't even guarantee. You got it on the paper, but you've got no, you've got no one to actually receive that promise from. And so here's what I'm getting to. These promises do you no good if you don't know the one who's made the promise. 
The goal is not just to, un, to know and memorize the promises in the Word of God. The goal is to know the one who made those promises. Because when you know the one who's made those promises, then when you read that promise, you know that he's got the character and he's got the ability and he's got the power and he's got the love to actually fulfill the promise. He doesn't overpromise and underdeliver because when you know who God is, you know that he's one who is faithful. But if you don't know he's faithful, you may have a promise and still not fully know how to receive that promise because you've not developed your relationship with the one who gave the promise to begin with. This is important. This is an important factor, an important key of faith. When you know him personally, you know the guarantor of those promises. And so it's not just about reading the Bible so you can get what you want from God. It's about getting and developing that relationship with God. So when you do discover these promises, there is, there is a link. There is a unity. You have his heart and you have trust built. Remember, you're starting to see things from God's perspective. And so it's challenging, changing the way that you're living. And then you can, God will start to open up those promises in your life. The fifth thing. Fifth thing. Faith gives me power to hang on or hold on in tough times. It does. Faith, it unlocks the promises of God. It's powerful, but it also shows us the power of God. It, 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 it helps turn dreams into reality for us, but it also gives us the power to hold on during difficult times of our life. And this one's important. This is important because some of us, we're intelligent people in here. Everybody in here is smart and everybody in here has lived life through some way, through some path. We understand this, that faith doesn't always, it does not always take you out of the problem. Does it? No, it doesn't. I wish it did, but it doesn't. And we know that. Sometimes faith takes you through the problem. Sometimes you got to cross through it. Sometimes you have to go through that valley of shadow of death. Sometimes God removes the valley and, and provides an alternate path. And then sometimes he doesn't. Faith, listen, faith doesn't always take the pain away. But faith does provide the healing. Faith does provide the peace. This is, this is difficult. We have a hard time with this because we want to believe that we, as if we have faith in God, do we never go through anything tough. But how many of you have learned that that's not true? You've lived enough to know that. You, you, I wish that that were true. Does that mean that my faith isn't working because I've gone through something tough? No. In fact, your faith is working because God's guiding you through that. And when you get through that, you look back and you say, thank you, Jesus, because what would I have done without my faith? Does faith, does faith make you exempt from every attack? No. It is a shield, though. Thank God for that shield because God knows how many attacks he has kept us from and saved us from. But sometimes you've got to fight on your hands. And this is important. Your faith, it helps you. I wrote it this way. Sometimes it calms the storm. It does. Sometimes Jesus speaks directly to that storm and calms it. Sometimes it takes you through the storm. The storm didn't stop, but God made you through. You got through to the other side. Sometimes it doesn't take you out of the storm. Sometimes it calms you in the storm. Sometimes God speaks peace to the storm and sometimes God speaks peace to you. But either way, your faith is working. And either way, God is watching over you. And you remember that. That's an important characteristic that we've got to have in life. And it comes through your relationship with God and it comes through your faith. And you see it all through the Old Testament. You see through the New Testament. You see it in Jesus's life. You see it through his disciples life. And that characteristic is resilience. 
It's resilience. It's the ability to bounce back. It's the ability to keep going. Why? Because nobody gets through this life with a perfect record. Nobody goes through this life unblemished. Nobody goes through this life completely undefeated. Only one did that. That was Jesus. That's why we trust in him. That's why he's able. That's why he can lead us and guide us. He knows what to do. Nobody else gets to go through that life. I would love for my team to go undefeated every year, but I just watched it last night. It doesn't happen. Your team's going to lose too. <laughs> and so God says, listen, I didn't make you to... I'm, his original creation, yes, we were made to be perfect, but because of sin, that's all been messed up. So he says, listen, I've provided a way for you to trust me that even when you go through these difficult times, you have an anchor. That if the storm is blowing, you can be stable. That if the storm is blowing, then you can be anchored. Maybe that storm blows over, and then you keep going. Maybe God leads you through another path through the storm. Maybe God, I don't know, but I know this. Faith is what keeps you. It does. Faith is what allows you to go through the tough stuff. It allows you to keep on keeping on. It allows you to trust God through it. And again, we all have pressures. Everybody goes through that. Listen, we all have. How many of you have had some of those days where you were just like, God, this is too big for me. I don't know if I can keep doing this. I don't know if I can do, I don't know if I can do that. How many of you have had that? I have had that. I don't know. Any, I can't do this anymore, Jesus. I'm done. But for some reason, something on the inside of you says, I can do it all things through Christ. Trust me. Let it go. Believe in me. Let my strength carry you through. Hang on. I'm going to guide you. Hang on. I'm going to speak. Hang on. I'm going to love. Hang on. You'll feel my power. Hang on. That's faith. That's faith at work. And so a lot of times, because the storm didn't stop, we thought our faith wasn't working. When that whole time, your faith was working and then some. Don't you dare let the enemy, because you're, again, when we get into that place where we, we try to think, all right, God, how are you going to work this out? Well, clearly you're God, so you're going to stop the storm. Or clearly you're God, you're going to provide a new way. And you're going to, we predetermine it. And when it doesn't work out that way, we think our faith's not working. When the whole time your faith has been working, God is with you. His word is at work. Trust him. Trust him. And don't quit. Don't bail just because, just because you thought it was going to go a certain way and it didn't. Trust Him. Stay with Him. He allows us that resilience to develop and to grow. The Bible says it this way, Paul's testimony. I love this. We are pressed on every side by troubles, but we're not crushed. And we're not broken. We're perplexed, and that means we're confused. And, and we don't know why this happened, by the way. He says we're perplexed, but we don't, we go, we don't give up and we don't quit. We're attacked, but God never abandons us. We get knocked down, but we're not knocked out. I love that. Knocked down, but not knocked out. He says, we get up, we keep going. Where do you get resilience like that? Faith. It's faith. That's what allows you to keep going, even though, even though you've been hit, been sideswiped a few times, tripped up a few times. Maybe, maybe life happened. Maybe the enemy attacked. Maybe you, somebody attacked. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe you just blew it. I don't know. I know this, your faith in God allows you to get right back up. Allows you to get right back up and keep going. It's powerful, powerful stuff. So here we go. Faith does these things. It shrinks my problems, 
opens that door for miracles, for God to work those mountain-moving miracles in and through your life. Gets God acting on your behalf. No, it doesn't make him your magic genie where you can get whatever you want whenever you want from him, but it, it opens your heart for expectation so now God can do great things in and through your life. Because remember, the more you expect, the more God moves. It unlocks the promises of God. 7,000 plus promises that he has given to you. And the goal is not just to memorize and know the promises. It's to know the one who made those promises available. And then the last thing, it gives you power to hang on during tough times.